y'all. This is Tish. And this is Lo. I'm Southern, but not country. And I'm Californian, but not crazy. We are delighted to bring you a lighthearted dose of reality to your day. Our prayer is to bring you some hope and encouragement as you navigate the roller coaster of life. We hope you enjoy this episode. U-G-L-Y, you ain't got no alibi, you ugly. Yeah, yeah, you ugly. Welcome to the Ugly on the Dime podcast. This is Lo, and we are so excited that you are here for our origins episode. We're going to talk about how Ugly on a Dime came about, because that is one of the first questions we get from everyone when we talk about our podcast. They ask us, how in the world did we come up with Ugly on a Dime? So Tish, how did we come up with Ugly on a Dime? Well, we were actually sitting in my kitchen, and we were talking about how social media influencers always seem to look dolled up at their best, their hair's done, their makeup's on. And I can't really relate to that because I can't show you how to do your makeup or do your hair, but I can definitely show you how to be ugly on a dime, which for me is athleisure, pajama pants, mom bun, no makeup. That's kind of how I roll these days. Well, and I loved her idea because being real and not always looking perfect is right up my alley right now. I feel like as I've gotten older, the perfectionism has kind of faded away a little bit, I hope. Yes. Well, and even though we don't necessarily always are ugly on a dime, so to speak, we do like to be pretty on a penny. I mean, I do like to put makeup on and wear a cute outfit and have my hair done. It's just not always feasible with parenting kids and being on the go all the time. I can't always wake up super early just to get all dolled up for my day. That's just not feasible for me. Well, and I think one of our goals is that we wanted our podcast to be about making change in our lives and being change makers and that it's okay to pick up our kids in pajamas and house shoes, but also be a cutie on a quarter. Yes, which can be throwing a little mascara on or some lip gloss. Still have your pajama pants on, too, because that's still cute, right? Absolutely, especially if if you have cute pajamas. (laughs) Yes, and who doesn't love a cute pair of pajamas? Well, and we also wanted to let you all know how we met. So Tish and I were in a Bible study together and then ended up being co-leaders. And we actually were sitting in her kitchen when the concept of Ugly on a Dime came about. Yes. So I want to ask Tish... Okay. Because I want you all to know a little bit more about Tish. Give me three fun facts about yourself. Okay. Fact number one, I am a creative, which means I'm into everything. We'll try everything. If I see it, I think I can make it too. I'm a photographer. I'm a baker. So I have a photography business. I am retired from the cookie business, but I used to have a cookie business as well. So I like to be in all things artsy, I guess. And you've heard about how she really loves the idea of trying to perfect the macaron, as she would say. That is still on the docket. It has not been perfected yet, but we... Haven't had time to try, but summer's not over yet, even though it's moving like a freight train. Well, and she's super creative. I mean, her her cricket work is impeccable. She made handmade some of our swag for our launch listening party. She created our little hats, and I think we might have a few extra that maybe we'll do a giveaway. Yes, I even did a few 
wine glasses as yes. well. So, so we might fun. have to do a giveaway. I think, I think so. I like Stay it. tuned I like to it. our Instagram and I will announce a giveaway of some sort. Some sort of Ugly on a Dime merch. Yes. So you can have Because these, these are going to be limited edition because the rest of our merch is actually going to be made or outsourcing it so that Tish isn't sitting there creating all our merch. <laughs> yes. While I enjoyed it and it's so much fun. Time is definitely something... I don't have a whole lot of with all of my children and all the things I'm doing uh, outside of kid, kid kid duty and house duty, but it is a lot of fun and I did enjoy it. And I'm happy to wear my Ugly on a Dime merch around town. So Tish, you're creative. What is your second fun fact? I was a college athlete. Oh. And... You probably can figure out what I was based on the beginning of this episode, but surprise, surprise, I was a cheerleader. If you could see me, I'm doing my spirit fingers. <laughs> if you know, you know. So, Tish, were you always a cheerleader? Were you cheering from when you were a little kid? I know right now all the cheer moms, I mean, these these girls start Early. Early. And the competitive cheer. I was not a competitive cheerleader. Cheerleading, I think the competitive cheerleading industry had begun taking its first steps when I was in school in cheerleading. I did other sports as well, so I couldn't fully devote all of that time to be a competitive cheerleader outside of school cheerleading. So I did take gymnastics and did those things to prepare to be a cheerleader, but I just cheered for school and I started cheering probably maybe third grade, third, fourth grade, something like that. And just cheering for basketball. We didn't cheer for football or anything like that. We just cheered for basketball. And then when I was in high school, I cheered for football and basketball. I think in middle school, I did too. The school that I went to, you did not have to try out until you were going into the eighth grade. So my seventh grade cheerleading squad was like 60 girls on the football field cheering, which was fun. But by the time I was going into eighth grade was when tryouts happened. So the squad got smaller. And I did have a few friends on my cheerleading squad who were competitive cheerleaders as well. They did both. And that was very time consuming. So I just did school cheer and then when I went off to college, I took my freshman year off and then decided to try out for cheerleading my sophomore year and made the team. And I actually started dating my husband, who happened to be a basketball player on that team. So he was a basketball player in college and I was a cheerleader in college. Oh, so I, I call that our Ken and Barbie story. I love it. OK, so you're a creative athlete. Yes. What is fun fact number three? This is my favorite. I am a professional napper. If you know me, you know what I'm talking about. You know what time nap 30 is. <laughs> I wish I could nap. Tell me, what time is nap 30 for you? Nap 30 is probably any, it really is any time in the afternoon. Sometimes it could be mid-morning. It just depends. The reason I'm a professional napper is because growing up, my dad was very pro-nap. Meaning Sunday afternoon after church and we would have lunch, we had to take a nap and it was kind of our thing. And I loved it. The perfect nap day for me, Sunday afternoon after church, after lunch, pouring down rain, close the curtains in the bed, 
best nap scenario, in my opinion, ever. Now, are you like a 10-minute napper, 30-minute napper, hour napper? Oh, as hour long as plus, you can. Okay. Hour plus napper. Sometimes can do a 30-minute power nap, but does not feel like I got a good nap in per se. I think my napping stems from having mono twice. I think my body just requires a lot more sleep. So napping is something that I've kind of always done. Even in college, I napped as well. And those were some of the best nap conditions also. (laughs) I I love a good nap condition, in case you didn't know. I mean, I remember as a kid, in my parents' closet, they would put a pallet on the floor and take a nap on the floor in there. That was a perfect nap condition, too. Yeah, I can't nap, so I'm a little envious. If I nap in the middle of the day, there's very few occasions where I can nap. But if I can nap in the middle of the day, I usually will wake up with a headache. I'm one of those who could take a nap for a couple hours and still go to sleep and sleep eight or nine hours. Oh, I'm jealous. I guess I've just sleep trained my body. (laughs) I'm sleep trained. It's a gift. Sleep is a gift. Yes. Here's a bonus fun fact. Because I'm a professional napper and this animal naps, I think maybe 23 hours a day. And I'm like, gosh, that must be amazing is a sloth. Is I'm like that it must be my spirit animal because it loves to nap. I even have a stuffed animal sloth that I got at there's I think it's called Discovery Cove in Florida. And right when we walked in, there was a lady that had a real life sloth and I fell in love with the dude. And so I bought a stuffed animal (laughs) and it has Velcro hands and feet or I guess paws and it can Velcro around your neck and around your waist. And it is it is one of my favorite stuffed animals. I love it. I am. I cannot relate to the sloth. I wish I could. Just to be clear, though, the sloth napping is the only reason I relate to a sloth. I know I'm not. Oh. I'm not a lazy. I'm not a lazy bone. No, you're not. I no. mean, creative athlete. You can't be lazy. No, for sure, no. But based on naps, sloth, my man, right there. I so now that you know some fun facts about moi, why don't you, Lo, tell me a few fun facts about you? I don't know if the first one's very fun. I am type A, Enneagram 3, and I will tell you, it's not helping my game with tennis. So even today, I had a tennis lesson, and the pro told me, she's like, you're a little too wound up. She's like, are you type A? And that's why I came up with type A as one of my fun facts, because I, when I'm doing my forehand, so if you know anything about tennis, when you're doing your forehand, you have to drop the racket head before you go from bottom up. High to low. Yes, high to low. Say, Thank you. That's they always say. No, yes. low to high. Low, low to high. high. Low See, to high. See, I, yes. So when I go low to high, I don't go low. <laughs> low doesn't go low. <laughs> low doesn't go low. Low likes to go and try to manipulate the ball instead of trusting the swing. Yeah. And that is very type A. She's like, you're you're wound up and you're tense when you're doing it. So type A. Enneagram 3 also is kind of the performer. I'm not the perfectionist, though. So number Enneagram 1 is a perfectionist. I am not a perfectionist. See, I've never taken the Enneagram quiz. I need to do that because I don't know anything about what these numbers mean and all of that. So I think it's time for us to get Tish to take, take the Enneagram. Tish and maybe we'll have a guest to talk about the Enneagram. Oh, that sounds fun. Yes, we should do that. If you are into the Enneagram, can you guess 
what you think Tish might be? You're technically not supposed to. So you're not supposed to type someone else because it's about their motivation. Oh. From the little bit that I've studied. Okay. Yeah. Well, and I don't really necessarily relate to the Enneagram 3 as much today as I did when I was 20. And they say when you take the test, you should take the test. If you're going to do a test versus just researching it, they say to think about it as if you were your younger self, like in your 20s. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Because it's not about like your person. It's not like a personality personality trait it's more really of your where things stem from i think i i could be botching it and if you're an enneagram professional and you want to be on our podcast hit us up yes (laughs) help help so what is fun fact number two so fun fact number two is i also was a college athlete do tell so this is a funny story i went to a rather large University. I went to the University of Southern California, fight on Trojans. And if you know anything about scheduling for classes, when you are a freshman, you're in the bottom, bottom. and you don't get to schedule very yes, early. You get the crummy. You get all the terrible classes so yes. and you can't do it. Yeah, so I was not wanting to do that because I'm type A. <laughs> Well, and who really wants the crappy classes? Well, I wanted to control my schedule. Well, yeah. So at the time, USC had, it still has a crew team. Oh. And so they don't have tryouts. It wasn't competitive. I don't know if it is now, but when I was there, they were looking for people because they didn't have enough women on their crew team. And so I walked on, became a D1 athlete. And went to maybe three morning practices, and I got all the privileges of being an NCAA D1 athlete. Well, that's genius, right? So there, I actually folks. wasn't an athlete, but everything but on my yeah, uh-huh, because I was able to like schedule. I got all the perks of being an athlete. Did you get swag for being an I athlete? I got the study notes, and then I all no, I didn't get any swag. No, they didn't. No, do they the didn't have one. crew team swag. <laughs> they didn't have. I mean, I don't you know, think sport, I don't cruise, think they had anything sport? for rowing. Yeah. I so. mean, I, for one, feel like they should. I know. I mean, they might now, but this is, gosh, this is 20. See, low 20, is middle age. 24 years, 25 years ago. It was a long time ago. It was in the 90s. Whoa. Late 90s. Whoa. So, uh, yeah, no, I don't know. It was not a big deal at the school. I mean, I went to a football school. It was a huge football team. So did you compete in any competitions, like any row? No, I went to three practices and then I never won again. But I was still registered as an athlete at the school. So they just never came back. It was like, hey, where you been, kid? They didn't care. It was like such, it was, in my opinion, and if you're on the USC crew team, I'm sorry, but I feel like it was a throwaway sport that they added because of Title IX at the time. So okay. because they needed to put money into female sports, I was able to basically just walk on the team. The ladies who were actually competitive were really good. I was just just one more. You just person. wanted good classes. I just schedule. wanted good classes. I mean, and and thing is, the team might have been great. I just didn't know. I literally showed up for three practices and never showed up again, and they didn't care. And I had privileges as an athlete, I want to say, most of my time at the school. 
I just never paid attention again after my first two years because by the time I was a junior, I was able to yeah, schedule had, for what I wanted. Yeah, whatever classes. Yeah, you had the yeah. upper hand. Yeah, so I kind of manip- manipulated the situation again. Okay. I think. See? Manipulate the tennis stroke. Manipulate, manipulate the, the system. Yep. Mm-hmm. So anyways, sorry. That's like a terrible human trait. But you were a college athlete, though. <laughs> but I was a college athlete. You were a college athlete. Wow, you're hearing all of Lowe's vices and things on how i get away with things oh i like it i like it that's probably not a good thing well we we all have our things you know (laughs) i mean we all do we all do if we're honest and we're real yeah well see this is low being real like i totally figured out the loophole in the system at school so row 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 your boat (laughs) (laughs) i probably was out on the water twice maybe nice I don't so if we're ever like on a lake or something in a boat, we I should could do not it. Rely on you to no, no, paddle no. the whole I boat. I totally can do it. I, I know mean, how to do it. I know sure. the form and all of that. I just here was the thing. I was a freshman in college, and practices were at six a.m. thirty forty minutes away from campus because USC is in. Basically, South Central LA, right next to downtown. Oh, so you and had to commute. Where we practiced was San Pedro Harbor. UCLA gets to practice at Marina del Rey, which is beautiful. Yes. USC gets to practice at San Pedro Harbor. Not beautiful. I mean, it's nice, but it's not compared not Marina del Rey. Yeah. Very San Pedro Harbor is like is one of the largest harbors for your shipping containers to come through oh okay yeah it's like right there yeah mm-hmm. so you're so that's where we practice with san pedro gotcha mm-hmm. so you didn't have the pretty scenery you had shipping containers as your landscape yeah it was rickety so nice yeah. well can you tell me fun fact number three yeah fun fact number three tish is not going to be very happy with me on this one I like to do random things with my hair because my hair can grow so quickly. So even now I had like hair kind of, I don't know, little, like probably about three inches past my shoulder by the time I decided to chop it all off. So now I have like maybe a little shorter than chin length hair, but by the time fall rolls around, I'll probably have shoulder length hair again. So like I like to do crazy things with my hair. Which is so not fair. I know. I'm sorry, Tish. Like, what takes low, like, a few weeks to grow takes Tish a year or two to grow. Yes. That's my fun fact number three is you will see me with a different hairdo when I get bored. I've I've done, like, the pixie cut, though I probably will never do the pixie cut again because my kids, I did it about, hmm, seven years ago mm-hmm. and my kids were crying and they're like you look ugly you look like a boy and it wasn't even actually it wasn't a pixie cut it was really short though it was what they considered a boy cut mm-hmm. it wasn't that short but i have done it where it was like really, which i think really a lot of people that have that hairstyle it's more maintainable or the easier to do but i think for me if i did that i would find it very difficult. I mean, I have a lot of natural wave to my hair. I'd be afraid that I would get some wonky hair pieces that wouldn't go straight or they'd curl yeah, and it just I, wouldn't work for me. I don't think it's actually easier because you actually have to do your hair every day versus if you have long hair, you can put your hair in a ponytail and you can hide it. Like even now, right now with my like little chin length do with a little bit of shaggy bangs ish, I can't wear a visor for tennis because mm. it pops up funny oh, at yeah. the top. 
And then wearing a hat just doesn't frame my face right, even though, yeah, so it, it's not as easy because you have to do it. You have to do your hair. Mm-hmm. Yes. I would 100% agree with that. Yeah. And I, mean, I know I you guys be- can't see low. But it looks really cute. I really like it, especially with the headband. It's super cute. So the headband is taking the place of a hat or putting my hair in a ponytail. Like the headband, I can just throw it in and it's not. That's all I have to do Mm -hmm. if I didn't do. I attempted to do my hair today. Day two, day three hair with short hair is harder to, whereas with long hair. You could get away with. Dry shampoo, put some curls in and you can get away with it. It's a little bit trickier when you have short hair. Yeah. So anyways. Very true. My fun fact number three is I like to do fun things with my hair. But I think it's also because there's not, I'm a very neutral dresser. So if you ever see me in person, I'm usually in the colors black, gray, beige, and navy. I don't venture out fun with anything other than my hair. Well, except I just talked you into buying a electric lemon tennis skirt, though. True. Which you can wear with a black top or a white top or a Which gray Which you top. know I will be wearing it with a black top. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I like to have fun colors every now and then. Like one or two pieces in my closet that give you a pop of color so tish and low are going to do some sort of travel episode where we talk about the differences of our traveling Mm -hmm. um we'll probably have a blog post about this as well but i am a carry-on capsule wardrobe traveler i could be traveling for 10 days in the winter which i did and i can fit everything into a carry-on because I do everything in my neutrals, but I will always have one or two pieces that are either a pop of color or patterned so I don't feel so dull while I'm traveling. Tish does not do that. (laughs) So that'll be a fun episode. I wish that I could. However, I cannot take a carry-on and a carry-on only. I don't think I'm high maintenance, but when I start (laughs) talking about the things I need to take on a vacation, I think I'm high maintenance. So, yes. But that's for another episode. Yes. We will will talk about Tish and Lowe's travel differences. And some of our favorite travel must-haves. Yes. But that'll be for our later episode. But, yeah. So, that is my thing. I am very neutral when it comes to clothing. Very basic. And so, I need something fun. So, I always play around with my hair. hair. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you can be a professional hair grower. Would that be your... She can grow hair (laughs) super fast, (laughs) which most of us can't, but... For some reason, Lowe's hair grows super fast. Tish and Lowe can go on tangents all day, all day long. long. So we're going to spare you right now. But we wanted to give you an episode where we talked about our origins. And we wanted you to know whether you are pretty on a penny, made on a million, cutie on a quarter, or ugly on a dime. We want you to join us on our journey to be change makers. Have a great day. Ta-ta for now. Thanks for joining us today. We hope we brought a smile to your face and you were able to have a giggle or two while you fold the laundry and wait in the car line. Please remember to subscribe. Episodes drop every other Tuesday for free on all podcast platforms. And don't forget, you can always grab a dose of lighthearted reality by visiting our website, uglyonadime.com and follow us on Instagram at uglyonadime. And remember, as it is said in 1 Peter 3, your beauty should not come from outward adornment but it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. We're still a work in progress on that part. Till next time. I'm Tish. And I'm Lo. 
and we are ugly on a dime, but not ugly all the time. 